It's not in there. Oh, okay. Yeah, for those of you that missed it, Mike. I live back in the the cut, man. I'm trying to make sure it stays back in the cut. Okay. (laughs) Back in the cut. And then, so speaking of in the cut, two of us uh, are not cutting the top, at least. And then two of us are constantly cutting. Trey and Wyron have. Yeah, seemingly fresh. I know Trey has a fresh cut. I think he got his cut on. He cut it on Friday. I don't know about you, Rob. When did you do yours? I uh, cut mine Friday. Oh, okay. I actually got a haircut Friday too, but I got uh, I I left it on top, though, so I still still had a right. go to a shop. <laughs> go to a shop. Hey, I wouldn't. And, and and now that we cut it on Friday, look, we both got the little five o'clock shadow. Cut. Oh, definitely, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> I'm trying not to keep turning my face to the side where you can see the the, the, yeah. <laughs> the brush, the brush fire. No, right, not a not a shop. Um, I'm gonna be the old my, man with a baldy. <laughs> <laughs> I went to my barber, but not. And a shot. We went up to it's an outside space uh, where he where he cut me. Um, hey, it sounded a little muffled to me, but I don't know. Okay, how about to you guys? Nice, good. A little bit. A little muffled. Yeah, he doesn't have his normal HD surround sound sound. No, you're um, Tony Stark over yeah, there. Yeah, well, I fixed that, didn't I? Well, I fixed that, didn't I? Uh, oh, you just yeah, the sound was the sound. The sound was. Oh, I know the sound was coming through the beats, and I changed it. So now, uh, now I'm on the mic. So that's there you, you got go. your Tony, HD. your Tony Stark set up. <laughs> HD audio is HD audio is back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that would be the the black one, and that would be the Tony Carter setup. Hey. Thank you again for listening, and please visit Recon Credit Repair. If you're looking to improve your credit to good credit, or you're looking to improve your very good credit. (laughs) So, so predictable or not, we have Cam Newton back in an NFL uniform with Cam Newton seemingly either penciled in as the number one or vying for a shot at the number one if if healthy take what you want from it let's let's get into that in a second but first of all let's let's welcome our listeners and our viewers so spotify and anchor listenership thank you for coming back one more again this is episode 19 of the collective podcast youtube viewers thank you for coming back episode 19 of the collective podcast we appreciate you we appreciate you we appreciate you we also appreciate you wearing your masks thank you that being said what you got for us mike i'm gonna let you kick us off when we talk about dr i I thought that immediately after there was talk of cam newton being released by the carolina carolina panthers that 
Bill Belichick's wheel stopped, started to spin. Maybe it was before. Maybe it was during those two losses to Cam Newton. I think it was 2013 and 2017 where Cam had great games uh, versus the Patriots. And, and in both games, obviously, they were not favored. And Cam showed up and became that one-man show that we're accustomed to seeing him be in the NFL. You know, I, this the point that I want to make here is because Richard Sherman came out and called Cam Newton's uh, contract disgusting. And, and I totally agree. This is a former MVP who his first five years are unmatched statistically in the NFL history. The man under him is Peyton Manning. You know, this dude has done more things than any quarterback in the league, both combined and running. You know, I, I like to talk about bonus bar, ball. You know, he has 58 touchdowns. I thought Cam was on – he was on a pace to score – 100 touchdowns on the ground. And that remains to seem if that happens. You know, he is at advanced age. He's coming off a, a Liz Frank injury that, that is very ineffective for anybody who runs or even puts weight on their feet. You know, in this time where he missed so many games and was able to heal to where he's 100%. Now, people are saying that he had a, a physical back in March. He has not been given a physical by the New England Patriots. So it remains to see what happens with that. But I see Cam as being something special with under the tutelage of the greatest coach of all time, Bill Belichick. Now, I think Bill Belichick was waiting for his time to get uh, a multifaceted quarterback. I was very miffed this, that he didn't draft uh, – Lamar Jackson, when he had the chance to do that, I thought that that, that was a, been a perfect spot for Bill to go into the next generation of NFL football. Now he has arguably the GOAT multifaceted quarterback in Cam Newton, 15-1, 2015 NFL MVP. You know, the, the, the NFL players call him the, the greatest player in the league after that 2015 season. You know, they lost the Super Bowl, but his legacy, in my opinion, is cemented. The problem here is the media has undervalued Cam Newton and criticized him unjustly. So we, we see it along many times with black quarterbacks. We've seen it with any black quarterback who has had a falling out with his franchise or has been traded or released. The bar starts low. So this is the reason why Cam Newton has been given this incentive-laden contract and Bill Belichick has been able to steal him from the league. I know many players and also front office administrators are saying, Bill got us again. If this all work out and Cam Newton is 100% healthy, he will be a special player next year if, in fact, the NFL does resume um, despite, you know, COVID. But, you know, I, I see Cam Newton doing great things there. You know, I think his third down efficiency rating will, will go up, you know, because of all those shallow crosses that, that Belichick employs. Um, the running game is going to be uh, very nuanced. You know, he, he drafted some tight ends this year to be able to protect, you know, the, the quarterback. I, I, I thought that this was something that Belichick has seen a long time ago. Now he's putting it into action. Brady is gone. 
and now you plug in another MVP and Cam Newton. I'm not going to undervalue Cam Newton or say but. All these buts or ifs that many people are saying because that's not what I do. All right, Trey, what you got? Well, I, I think, man, I, I think it's a good move for him, man. I think he's going to get over there and uh, put that Patriots uniform on, man, and he's going to do well. Um, the reason that Cam got injured and, and, and was hurt a lot is because of his size. The officials allowed him to get hit way more than they did other players. Yes. And he used to complain about it, and it wasn't fair at all. You know what I mean? It's sort of take it to the NBA. Shaq got fouled a lot just because Shaq was big doesn't mean it wasn't a foul. Mm-hmm. A foul was the foul. And they allowed, you know, Cam to get hit a lot more than he was supposed to. But I think when I'm over there in the Patriots uniform and in that good system uh, that they have over there, you're going to see that he's still one of the top elite quarterbacks in the league. I think with the system that they have and they're going to jail fine over there and his money will come, his money will come back. You know what I mean? It's just, you just got to go through the process with the NFL and we all know the way the NFL is. You just got to go through the process, you know, ups and downs and, you know, he's going to come back. He's going to do fine. He's going to shine and he's going to have all endorsements and all these people that's talking Madness about him now, all the reporters and whatnot, they'll turn it around and then they'll be on this bandwagon. You know what I mean? He's, he's going to do fine. Man. I'm happy. So, for got, so thank you for that, Trey. So I've got a question for you, Rob, before you answer. Do you, and I, and I feel this more in football than I do in basketball, maybe because the goals are different, but as you are still on your ascent in football also, do you, did you cringe at all when, Trey said what he said when, like, when he went to the refs. Dot dot dot. Um, does that make you get defensive about uh, the, the football officials at the highest level, or do you do you just does it not affect you at all? No, I didn't cringe. Um, okay. I understand what Trey was saying. I I understand the rules. Also, you know, I know that he turns into a runner a lot and. Once you turn into a runner, you know, it, it, it's pretty much fair game. But at the same time, I also see what flags are thrown for other quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And I have to agree mm-hmm. that I don't think Cam is protected enough. And there are times where he's not outside the pocket or not past the line of scrimmage, right. where he's still in the pocket. And... I see other quarterbacks get calls for less than that, much less than that. Um, I don't know if it's just Cam in particular, but it, it you know it, it could be his size. I don't I don't want to say what exactly I can link it to, but he takes some he takes some vicious hits. Right. He really takes some vicious hits, and it's not always him. You know going head first and sliding late or some of the other excuses that I've, I've heard. I don't think that's the case. Um, but I'm, I, he, from the videos I see, he looks healthy. He looks like he's probably the healthiest he's been in, in a while. Right. A lot of those hits were straight helmet to helmet. 
and you know it, it was it was actually hard to watch. There was one play against versus the Falcons at the goal line, where the defender, like Cam, pulled up because he was scoring, and it was straight helmet to helmet. Like obviously, when you have a quarterback of his talent, you know if you get him out of the game, the game is essentially yours because you don't want to tackle a two sixty dude. In the fourth quarter, I know when I play football, I ain't want to tackle nobody like that. We had a player on my team called George Johnson, and nobody wanted to tackle him. He was a he was like an Eddie George type running back. So it was the same thing with Cam Newton, but he even has more beef. No, it it was really a shame that the NFL did not protect him, even after there was much criticism of the hits to his helmet. Not anything low. They were they were low hits too, but it was the hits to his helmet that ended up causing a concussion, and he ultimately missed the game because of that. But if you go near or or even touch, you know Brady and Breeze and Manning and stuff, that you get a, a 15 yard flag. We were wondering why. So I mean, I, I'm done past the, the the asking of the why. Why? What it looks like to me is that. You see a black quarterback there. You're expecting more out of him because of his talents, and you're not calling the flag because of that. I'm going to call it just like it is. Now, everybody can say it might be this, it might be that, it might be something else, it might be this, it might be that, it might, might be uh, whatever. You know, let's just call it what it is, man, and because that's what it's showing. There's no evidence saying that it's not that. You know, right, so, so this is what it is. All right, so – so I got you on that. So I'm gonna respond to that first, and then I'll and then I'll give my take on Cam being in New England. Um, so I, as I, I got to have it from a different perspective. I don't think anything is that cut and dry as it pertains to the NF. I know I. You, it's clear. It's clear. You you have major point clear. Um, but knowing some of these guys and and how they function and all of the positions involved in potentially calling or bringing to light helmet to helmet helmet to helmet contact on a quarterback and with with the quarterback being the money maker for the quarterback position being the money maker for the NFL I I think it's it, for well, for me it would be irresponsible of me to agree with you that they're just writing it off and, and allowing what you're talking about to happen because, well, that they're allowing it to happen. If something is missed, then something is missed. And then you and Trey would, and maybe even Rod would say potentially, oh, it wasn't missed. That was just them being reckless in their officiating or they were being negligent in their officiating. But to, to say that, this particular quarterback is being targeted with helmet contact and it's not being called and referees are allowing it to happen at that level. It would just be irresponsible for me to agree with. Now, what I will say is, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me say this. Let me say this. Hold on, my turn. Look at 2016 season. Look at the 2016 season and you will change your tune. No, I won't. I won't change my tune. This is what we can do, though. You can bring film. And then we can go over the film and break uh, down. Okay. The 
that's that's what we can do. I don't want to talk that. hypothetically. I don't want to talk about man. I'm not just conjecture. Yo, yo, don't disprove me by saying this is conjecture. This is what we are. Seeing I said it would be irresponsible. That's what you are saying. I said it's This is what you're saying. I said it's irresponsible for me to agree with you. But if you would like to bring film and we can break the film down, I'm down with that. I wouldn't film, say it if, it, but if I wouldn't say that if I didn't see it myself. Perception, perception I know, but perception doesn't make it reality. Is what I'm saying to you. What do you mean perception doesn't make it reality? This is the reality is actually seeing the reality. That's the reality. Okay. So what we've agreed to is that you will bring the film and we'll go over the film, right? Yes, of course. Okay, so you'll bring the film and we'll go over the film. So we're gonna now move on from that. As far as Cam being in New England, um, I, I just it's it's very difficult for me because you want obviously you want him to play, you want him to like if he wants to play, then you want him to play, and he clearly does want to play. But I just hate, and I know that we could just throw the physical out there and say, well, nobody was able to have physicals, so that's why it took so long. But come on, man, it's June 29th, and it just it hurts me that this. In, in, former NFL MVP, as as Mike has told us, one of the greatest of all time and one of the great stretches of all time from a rookie to year five, um, or 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 as he said, unprecedented, unparalleled. It it hurts for me to see this man first of all be removed from his position, and then have to wait months and months and months for a shot to come or a starting shot. And I imagine that he had offers to go be somebody's backup. But for this starting shot to come, this is disgusting to me. And we've talked about this because other people got signed immediately. Other people that didn't look like Cam got signed immediately. But then what their retort is, is, well, they weren't coming off an injury and we can't give anyone a physical because we're not allowed to. So it's the great unknown. So it's better for us to go with what we know with someone who has less upside and who's got less talent that we've seen, but we know they're healthy versus someone who's already performed at the highest levels of the game, but has been injured lately. So we don't really know. And whatever the reasoning, even if that is true, it still hurts. I'm glad to see that he's going to play. Um, I, I, I pray that he is actually healthy. He looks healthy. I pray that he is healthy and he does. Uh, get this this chance to perform, and I hope that even though I'm not a Patriots fan and I generally go against them, this is a season where I root for Cam Newton and everybody around him because I want Cam Newton to to show and prove. And in this, you know, I guess Dak Prescott proving season where you know he's playing under for way less than than he should be playing, comparatively speaking. Um, I hope that he stays healthy. I hope that he he shines and i hope that he uh continues his legacy and and gets his money i do so 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 are we all pulling for the patriots <laughs> i'm pulling for cam i'm not pulling for the patriots i'm pulling for cam yeah, i'm pulling for cam you know? I, was very, I was no longer hey i was almost to say you know what let him do his thing i won <laughs> when ac came to me directly with a question i thought he was I, it caught me off guard that he was going to ask me about rules or about helmet to helmet because I thought he was going to reference the Raiders and the Patriots game because I'm a huge diehard oh, fan. And yes, I'm still bitter about that tuck rule. Uh, 
I will never cheer for the Patriots. Uh, but I, I really want Cam to do well. I do. Just out. So if it was the kind Cam, of it, if Cam does well, but the Patriots have a losing record, how does that go on him? I'm still fine because he only signed a one year deal, which I'm glad at about. Hopefully, hopefully they'll see it as you know. Well, he did his thing, but the team just lost because I don't want him to put it all on his back. Like he couldn't get them they over. Will. There. So they, will. they will. They will. You know they will. You know. And you know they will. And I'm with Mike on that. Like I feel like they're projected to probably go nine and seven without him because they have a strong defense, and you know because there's the system, but. The system is evolving, and when you plug in this guy, if, if he really does have the reins, then they're gonna—it's gonna be on him, you know. It's going to be, but it, it, but the no, well, nothing of none of it is funny. But the interesting part about it is, you still have Bill Belichick. And by the way, Mike, since you since you introduced Belichick as the greatest coach of all time, I now need you to anytime that you introduce the topic of uh barack obama i need you to say the greatest president of all time barack obama and then go into your point since you led in with bill belichick the greatest uh, co uh coach of all time i just that's that's just a request you don't have to honor it but hey I don't know. With that. With sure. that. after what we're going through right now we i think we all need to say that <laughs> well, you know what funny is i think that that you know, a lot of it will fall on Cam's shoulders, but I think a lot of it should fall on Bill's shoulders too. If he's that great coach that they say he is, he should be able to put Cam in a position to succeed. And so that's where I was. That's where I was actually going right now with with that. When I mentioned the, the you know uh, Mike's intro intro of Belichick, we we were a lot of us were anticipating the season just to see. Well, first of all, a lot of us want the 49ers to go back and win it. But aside from that, we wanted we wanted to see <laughs> what exactly Belichick was going to do without Brady. Because, you know, the age-old question has been, is it Brady or is it Belichick or is it them together? Like, how do they do apart? So people are looking at Tampa, and it's not necessarily a fair comparison because Tampa's better than New England, but we'll see. So it's like, what is Brady going to do there versus what is Belichick going to do here? And now – they're going to say, well, Belichick, the greatest coach of all time, plugged Cam in, and if he doesn't blow it out, then they are going to – I feel like I'm right there with Mike. They are going to put it on on Cam. Yeah. I mean, if you got to look at you got to look at it like this. I mean, if you if you fully put two men, both men next to each other, and Brady and Cam, the immensely more talented quarterback is Cam Newton. Arm strength. Every other physical ability, we we seem to just say Belichick. I mean, uh, Brady is this smart guy. Now, I don't want to take anything away from Brady it, at all, like zero. And people hear me out when I say this. Cam Newton should be spoken more greatly after what he's done. It's, it's the reason why I'm taking such a high role when I speak about him because if you just look at his, his what he's done look yeah, at what he did even, look at what he did even with in 2018 before the injuries happened like I, I was watching Monday Night Football one time 
and uh, um, the, the tight end for Witten. You know, he was like, yo, what's wrong with Cam? What's wrong with Cam? This and that. And say, yo, he's, he's sucking. He was injured. He was playing injured. Usually, with the media, when someone is injured, they get that benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. I am criticizing and very critical of my black media brethren right now who seem and always choose to piggy bank off the mainstream's perception of black quarterbacks. They are not spoken about on an equal level. If anybody wants to choose to say that, I will call you wrong in front of your mom, in front of your God. Okay, until it gets to an even kill when we speak about the exploits, the actual talents on the field. Like when Deshaun Watson came out, they were saying that he was throwing too many picks. But yet every other quarterback that was drafted over him threw more picks than he did. And the same thing was being said about Cam Newton when he was playing. Oh, he has a turnover problem, turnover problem. But yet he was throwing less picks than his peers. So it's, it's the criticism now, everybody deserves a modicum of criticism when it's warranted. He never did it with a number one receiver. As soon as Steve Smith was was able to be traded, they got him out of there. So he was basically playing the whole nine years of his career in Carolina without a number one receiver. His number one receiver was Greg Olson. And Greg Olson is a Hall of Famer. Right. You know, And what we've seen as such. So it's not that Cannon did not have that weapon. But what I want to see with black quarterbacks is that number one receiver for more than five years. The only one that has had one is Jeff Blake. He's the only one for more than five years. So the criticism is crazy. And the criticism needs to be dialed down because I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say that everybody is racist that's writing about Cam Newton. But it's the fact that us as black journalists don't step up and talk about these cats in realistic terms. Until we do that, we should not expect our counterparts to do so. I don't know why y'all scared. I don't know why y'all are hesitating. But quit it. Or Teddy Bridgewater would not have signed for less money. Or Jameis Winston wouldn't have signed for less money. And now Cam Newton. And maybe Deshaun Watson's number one receiver would not have been traded. Terrell Owens might not have been going out of Philadelphia. Talk about these dudes as they are. Until you do so, I don't believe you and I don't trust you. Wow. So let me so let's go to this. Um Jeff Blake. So we're talking about Chad Johnson? No. Who are we talking about? No, um, oh man, who was this guy? Pickens, Carl Pickens. Yeah. Oh, okay. And and the guy on the other side of Pickens was good too. Um, yeah. And now all of a sudden, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But yeah, he's That's- the only okay. one. The only one. That is ridiculous. Yeah. Five years, just five. Five years. And so Cam is going into New England with no weapons, with no, I mean, they're starting from scratch at tight end. Um, the receivers are are not the same, except 
and, but and, and people will say, well, Tom Brady didn't have the weapons either. He was working with the same guys. But the difference is Tom Brady was in the same offense his whole career. And most of the guys that, that are on that team have been with that team. The key people, the James Whites, the running backs, the, the Wes Welkers, the Amendolas, the, the players like that, they were in the same system for at least five years, like Mike is saying, and he won't get that. And he's learned a new offense. So if he does well, that will really be a testament to how, how quickly he can absorb this stuff and make something out of nothing. And it will be a testament to Belichick, too, how, he, how fast he can help this, this QB digest it. I want to believe that, and I, I, I don't know, this is just, this is a thought. I want to believe that they talked behind the scenes and that this was in the works for some time. And, it had to be. And, yeah, and so he's already been absorbing said yeah. playbook, um, you know, uh, behind the scenes, and so I'm I'm excited about that. And so let, I'm gonna speak it into existence. He is going to have a great season, um, a great season for for the AFC. And I, you know, I know Rod wants them not to do well against Vegas if they're even playing Vegas. I don't, I'm not sure how that's going, but um, luckily, then we don't have to worry about them on the NFC side. And that's the interesting um, I, thing is, is all these talented black quarterbacks are all in the AFC. It's almost like they're guaranteeing the AFC recipient will be led by a black quarterback. Dope. Stay over there. <laughs> I don't mean stay over there. I don't. I don't actually mean that. What right. I mean is, I don't mean stay over there. What I mean is that's that's dope. Yeah, we used to have a, a black quarterback who was running the NFC. And they say he may. Uh, they, I don't know. You know that's Kaepernick. Um, I don't. I don't know where where he's at. No, you, know, you actually say we had a black quarterback that was running the show over here, and uh, we still trying to get him on the show, Mizzo. Yeah, Donovan. Yo, man, bring your Donovan, ass. Man, my bring man. your ass, Donovan. Come on, man. Come on, man. What I got to do? That's a really so. <laughs> So like we, got, we got Mizzo. Well, I got to give you a shout out. So we got Mizzo physically in Philly right now or Philly adjacent, always repping Philly. We got Trey with his green T-shirt on, repping the Eagles. I was on a uh, comedy show Zoom call last night. My, my fiance and I were on a comedy show Zoom call last night with Trey and Britt. And Trey, you know, he... I said, look, babe, they got dressed up. And she was like, no, they didn't. I was like, look, he has his hat on and he has his crisp jacket on zipped up to the, the collar line. And it's his equal stuff. He got his little Super Bowl, whatever Super Bowl that was. He was ready. And she had her makeup done. I was like, no, they're, they're at the club right now. Uh, but, but that was a really good segue to go to Donovan. And the funny thing is, I was listening to one of, oh, I was listening to Slum Village featuring Kanye today. And he actually, Kanye represents, I mean, represents, um, mentioned, no, it was Brandy. Brandy featuring Kanye. I forget whatever song that is. He actually references Donovan McNabb in that song. So for that to happen and then for you guys to to bring Donovan up, it, it's a it's a sign. Uh, Mr. McNabb, you need to come on. Please do. Please do. Please. We, we've all cheered you on. Come visit. So let's go from Cam to... 
the other side and uh, the other page, the Patriot former quarterback. And what do you guys think about what he's doing and what some of the other court? Well, let's just stay with him. What do you guys think about the workouts that he's having and how it goes against the, not only the NFL recommendations, but the actual union recommendations and, and how it's, it's still happening? What are your thoughts? Well, I mean, we're in the COVID time. So I actually think that all of this talk about next season is a moot point. I don't think that they're playing this season. How can you okay. play how can you play an NFL season when I think it's five percent of the NFL player NBA players are tested positive? I think it's two percent with the NHL players. I don't know what it is for baseball, but it, it is happening. It is continuing to happening. Happen. Uh, we have stars in the NBA who are coming down with COVID. You know, how, how can you like my my gym just opened back up? I need to get to the gym. I'm not going to the gym. How can you go to a gym where there's so much DNA being passed around? You got to put on a mask. So how are you going to breathe on a treadmill? You know, um, people wiping down machines, people laying on machines. I mean, how can you not? not get it if you're in a gym situation that's closed, it's indoors, and these things. So, you know, as as as, as it pertains to pro leagues, you know, baseball is a different sport because it's you know it's not as much contact except on the base paths. You know, uh NHL, you got some checking, you know what I mean? But football, there is constant, constant contact. You know how are you even considering this? I think at this point that it's nothing more but PR just to keep the brand in people's minds, as the NFL has done on sports outlets every single day um, since this uh, new generation of television. I don't think I, I don't see it happening. You know, I, I do understand why the players are working out. You know, they want to keep their bodies in shape. They know that, as Joe said last week. You know, if, if you step off the field, somebody's going to take the spot immediately. So I see why they are working out and trying to keep their bodies in shape. This is a testing ground for many athletes right now because there's so much to prove. And also they are mentally tougher because of what's going on in the country. You know, everybody is energized to do what they need to do to, to make sure that they're seen as as great in these times you know what i mean they, they want to take advantage of their faculties while they're able to so i totally understand but i i, I just think it's a a moot point they're not playing if they do play i will be shocked you know i, I can't see them playing in front of sixty thousand fans ladies and gentlemen where else can you get a hot take like that where, where other than the collective podcast, Mike Tillery lets us all know there is no NFL season. Stop anticipating it. It's not happening. That's a hot take from the collective podcast on episode 19. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, man. I'm well, just... I know that they are, I know they are considering, and I don't know how it works, but they're considering doing like soccer and playing in front of empty stadiums. And so then you would just have to worry about the players themselves, the officials, the sideline staff, and all of that. Um, so I don't know if, if it's going to happen, but I think that there's a greater chance of it not happening than of it happening. And I don't, that could be 51 49. I don't know. I haven't really thought about what I feel, but there's always the idea of them pushing the season back 
Awesome. What, so. What's training camp? It's like two weeks away? Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure about that. I think it's two weeks Because I haven't really expected. Usually when it's. This is, uh, I think I think there was a possibility until the, the soccer players actually started coming down with it. I think they were looking at the soccer teams and saying, hey, they're doing a good job. They're containing things. And then the soccer players started coming down with it. And I think that just threw a monkey wrench in the whole program. And then Clemson comes out and says that it's like 17 guys or something. Um, and I think LSU came out with another 20 guys or something. So I think that just kind of threw a whole wrench in the program. But, yeah, the, but HIPAA, the HIPAA laws, the HIPAA laws, with the HIPAA laws, if the HIPAA laws are being enforced, then I, there is a large chance that many more athletes do have it. It just hasn't been reported because of the HIPAA laws. Yeah, those small groups of guys that's, that's going out there, Russell Wilson and and uh, a couple of those other quarterbacks working out with guys, you know, I guess they're trying to keep it to a small group with a few people. And that's their prerogative. If they feel like those guys that they're working with are safe, you know, I, uh, it's like I, I tell my kids when I talk to them about sex. You meet somebody and you're attracted to them. Nobody ever looks like they have a disease, but can you yeah. actually can you actually just go ahead and throw out precaution and just assume that they don't have it because they don't look like they have it? If they look like that's they a, have, you wouldn't, great, you wouldn't you wouldn't even take the chance. That's a great point, Ryan. I don't that's know that anybody's point. ever put it that eloquently. Yeah, but yeah, the, those that I've found out had it you know, through some other avenue, it was like, yeah, I never would have known. <laughs> so that's a, that's, a, that's a really good point. Um, and I got teenagers. I, I talked to them about sex. So that's that's just a part of it. I, 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 think, I think the thinking, though, Rod, and maybe this, and I'm, this probably won't change your thinking, but I think the thinking is that, at least from the union, is that there's a greater chance of the season not starting if you guys are getting together and having these workouts because every positive test is a setback. And if positive tests are coming out of those workouts, then boy, does it put us uh, uh, against it. it. Maybe that's not it, but I'm thinking that's what the thinking is. Yeah, I'm thinking, but you know, you never know. It all depends on how many of these teams got Republican states and who feel like this is being overblown. Yeah, I mean, and, and it goes deep into it, man. Like, for instance, if the season is ready to start, they're going to send everybody like they do the South, play in different stadiums and all that. But still, these officials, they go home to their families. Everybody's out right now doing whatever, whatever, whatever. And then you bring them together. It might be a lot of people that are asymptomatic with it. And then they come in and they spread it to everybody that's in this whole group. Like it's it's if you're not at home away from everybody, man, then it's I 
and it's almost impossible to stop it. And you see, just since they've opened up places, I was spiking back up. They shutting up, and you know, here in LA, they LA County and all that. A lot of other counties, they shutting bars and stuff back down. And so, oh, go ahead. Shout out, to, shout out to Governor Newsom, Gavin Newsom, for shutting down the LA County bars and some other counties too. And I hope it comes to San Bernardino County, where I live, and the neighboring Riverside County. Because people, I've told y'all people have been trying to kill me. Whenever I go pick up some food, they're running around, coughing, laughing, sneezing, no masks. Or they wear the mask under their jawline. Like, that's doing something. Like it's almost like it's jaw support. They they just, they don't care. And they act like nothing ever happened. Like, they're not enjoying the freedom responsibly. So, I feel like Big Brother has to tell you what to do. So, I'm I'm happy that stuff is going to close back. Well, yeah. I thought it was interesting where everything all the money is in Orange County. Orange County was never mentioned, and I, I've I've just been paying attention to that. Well, I hate to play devil's advocate when we're speaking against Orange County, but Los Angeles County is one of the richest counties in the world in Los Angeles County. I, I know what you're saying. Orange County has a more concentrated population of wealth, but LA County is way wealthier than Orange Conservative County. Conservative concentration of wealth. Because, <laughs> I mean, people have spread, people have kind of divided on political lines. Not that I have, because I mean, you know, a virus is a virus. If I see two people get it, it's there. And, uh, yeah. and, and, but, and a lot of people just get smart, man. They go from LA County. If they close our stuff, they get in the car and they drive down to Orange County. Then hang out with them and get it and bring it back to LA County. And take it to San Diego. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, shut it down. Shut it down. Yeah. Yeah, we're not, so, even in, we're not even in throes of leaving the first wave. Most of the doctors that I've talked to, we, we, we're not even. You're not even close to it. Everybody's talking about the second wave. This is still the first wave. First wave oh back up again. Yeah. Hospitals getting crowded. It's 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 not a good thing, man. But I tell you, you never think anything about it until it it's in your home or you know somebody right. and you see them suffering from it. You know? Um and and, and the guy on the news, I forgot who was. Uh, maybe it was Fauci that said it. Fauci was however you pronounce his name. Yeah, Fauci. Fauci. By the end of this, everyone will know somebody that has it. And when I thought about that when he said it, like, really? And I already know a few people. Yeah, and he and he actually means know someone personally. Yes. And 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 that's deeper than knowing someone by extension or just knowing someone's fame. Um, I happen to interact with a mutual friend of our, uh, I have a mutual friend with Trey who we grew up with and I actually saw him on Saturday. And, you know, Trey told us on the podcast that his dad was affected, but I saw him in person and, you know, I, just to, to see his eyes and how it was weighing on him, but how he was being a trooper and 
that that was that was very touching for me. And then for him to say that, you know, he had to take his kid to go see his dad because he didn't know if that might not be the last time that his kid would see his dad. Like this, he's saying that to me. He's just a little older than me, and he's saying that to me about you know uh, two generations apart. You know, the 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 parent and the child needing to connect maybe for one last time because you just don't know. And we have that to trace point. We have that. We put that against the people who somehow still believe this is a hoax. Somehow still believe that this, this is not real. And I, you know, we wind up on this topic every episode because it is affecting the world. And I'll say that it, this pandemic was very instrumental in finally getting us together to launch this podcast. We've been talking about it or we talked about it over a year before we actually started. But I finally said, hey, let's 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 do it. We're all at home. Let's do it. Um, but then there are people who just don't believe they don't wear masks at all. And it's like, oh, OK, good. You're 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 not getting it or you're asymptomatic. But just think about everyone else that you'll interact with. Why are you putting that on them? just to stop you from being inconvenienced for a short amount of time. I saw this you put story. the mask on, you you protect yourself from them. But I know you don't believe in it, so you don't care about protecting yourself. But let's just say you protect them from you if you're asymptomatic. But I guess it goes back to you don't believe it. You don't believe it at all. You think it's a hoax, so you don't feel like you need to protect anyone from you. And, it, and so it's all just just extremely sad and you know by extension i now know of three people that have been affected by it two of them still have it one of them doesn't or has overcome it but then there's the other side of that like we don't know what the lasting effects are for anyone who has quote unquote gotten over it gotten past it gotten beyond it we we really don't know so get it again Right. So I will I will continue to keep people in 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 my prayers and um, somehow the people who show up in areas and talk about it being a hoax are not limited to one party. But I love it when those that feel that way show up with the red hats on, with the white lettering and and the, the, the Trump protest flags and. And it almost becomes like the stupidity almost becomes synonymous with our president's stupidity. And so I get a chuckle out of that because, boy, am I excited that that plane is taking a nosedive into the Andes. You know, that that plane, uh, the proverbial plane, let me be clear, I'm not saying Air Force One crash. I'm saying the proverbial plane, which is Trump's presidency, is taking a dive into into the Andes. And uh, I don't believe that they'll be able to pull that, uh, pull back on the pull back on it and, and bring that plane back up. Um, with so switching reels really quickly, this this is the 100 year anniversary of the the Negro Leagues. So before I tip my cap to the the Negro Leagues and and everyone that is is gone that was part of that, let me go ahead and tip my cap to Rodney. Um, because I know, uh, you know, he was there 
in the beginning. So thank you, thank you, Rodney, for all that you all that you contributed. Um <laughs> almost lost you to drink. <laughs> I know I know that I know that you were one of Jackie Robinson's mentors. So uh, you know your your legacy speaks for itself. But on, on the series tip. Uh, guys, take a, take a, the opportunity today to please to put a cap on and, and tip your cap. Uh, and if you can, you know, post it somewhere so that uh, this, the work that the Negro League Museum did to, to get the, the big tribute in the museum going that had to be put on hold because of this pandemic won't be completely lost. You know, we have the campaign with Tip Your Cap 2020, which is shouting out those that, that, that paved the way for black baseball players. You know, Rodney and his cohorts did so much, you know, from the Birmingham Black Barons to Kansas City Monarchs to, you know, whomever to to Don't really, sit. you know, get 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 things going. And so, you know, we we appreciate that. Appreciate I actually it. sent a, I actually sent a text to uh, uh Bob Kendrick, um the Negro League Museum director about coming on to, to, to talk about that. The significance oh, of that, the yeah. significance of that is I was on a plane to Kansas City to interview Buck O'Neill when I got word that he died. Wow. Um, it still haunts me. Buck was someone who I respected and wanted to interview. So when, when Buck died, there were other people, Ozzy Davis and Ruby D, um, so many people that I was trying to get in touch with to interview before they passed. This is why I have a sense of urgency when I talk um, and also when I choose to interview people because you never know what happened. I was laying on my couch when Buck was at the uh, Hall of Fame induction and he was singing Take Me Out to the Ball Game. I was asleep. I was awakened by his voice. You know, he affected me so much. I wrote a couple of pieces on him when I, when I wrote for Black Sports Network. Um, Pop Pop Buck. You know, he. I have a connection to him, um, or, or, or not a connection, more of a yearning for him because of what he contributed. And it was a shame that, you know, he was uh, so instrumental in getting a lot of the Negro League players into the Hall of Fame, yet he wasn't in inducted himself. You know, he was the voice of black baseball for so long. He was the dot connector for the sport. You know, we all know what he did with the, the Monarchs, you know. He had a 352 average in one season. You know, he, he was a great player. And it's a shame that these things happen in this society where we aren't seen as the same because the, the sports in general, you know, we had to talk about baseball, but sports in general will be significantly different if there was full inclusion. You know, how would we look at bullet Joe Rogan, who was seen as the greatest of all time early or Oscar Charleston, who was also seen as, as a great great player given his myriad of of talents we all know about josh and satchel i mean satchel was pitching late into his 40s almost 50s i think was he 
59, I think, when he threw his last game, or 49. I'm not sure. But, you know, Larry Doby, you know what I mean? All these these cats that were so great that had to wait. And it's only because of, of people who are spirited in their love of baseball in general to be able to, you know, announce and, and really highlight the exploits of the Negro League players, as, as AC just said. And I mean, I hope that we get to a time where we can fully, really process what they did. And I don't think, honestly, that we have been better since our integration to Major League Baseball because of what the Negro League did in terms of how it, you know, really was fruitful for the community wherever the games were played in terms of apparel and, and concessions and, and, and all kinds of things. You know, those Sundays, most of the people in the stands were in gowns and, and suits. You know, it was a great thing. White folks came to see us play. They came to see the third baseman get a grounder, go behind his back, throw it to the second, and, and, and give it to first, and it wasn't even a man on second. So they were actually triple plays made for double plays. And that's the reason why they, those kids was, was so talented in their fielding because they made the trick play the routine play. Routine, yeah, and I'll and I'll say this, and this this is not a joke. I have myself on mute. My bad. So the 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 question about how old he was, we don't know because he he didn't want people to know how old he was, and that's not a joke. So he could have been forty nine, could have been fifty nine, and if and Rodney's over here keeping his secret, so we don't really know how old he was when he was pitching. But one thing I will say, I don't know if you guys know this, but there was a time when. Satchel Page pitched to Josh Gibson and when they were on the, the Pittsburgh Crawfords. And can you just can you imagine? Can you imagine? Like if you look at different people's polls, generally historians, generally the, both of them are top two, top three uh, greatest Negro League baseball players of all time. And they were battery mates. Like what can you imagine? Just just think of the greatest pitcher you can think of throwing to the greatest catcher you can think of. And think about them playing together, um, and then you know they would face each other later. You know, Kansas City Monarchs versus Homestead Grays, but together on the Pittsburgh Crawfords. Um, so I just want to shout out. Uh, I've got one one poll that I'm looking at where I just want to name uh, ten of the players. I'm not going to say the top ten, but I, I think that Mike's already mentioned like five of them. But let me just go ahead again. Satchel Page, Oscar Charleston, Josh Gibson, Pop Lloyd, Buck Leonard, Turkey Stearns, Mule Suttles, Ray Dandridge, Cool Papa Bell. What a and Cool Papa Bell. Was Leon Day included? Honorable mention on this one. Leon Day, right right handed pitcher. Uh, Monty Irvin, Biz Mackey, Judy Johnson, Martin DeHigo. Crystal Bell, Toriente, and Smokey Joe Williams, and and what's really really interesting, and this is this is something that uh, I know that you all know, but a lot of people don't know. When you look at the 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 guy, the great the the UCLA Bruin who was chosen to integrate baseball, you have Jackie Robinson, uh, UCLA's greatest athlete, uh, greatest all around athlete. I guess with Kareem coming in, strong second, but or Lou Alcindor. When you look at the fact that 
Jackie Robinson was chosen and how well he did in Brooklyn and beyond, Jackie Robinson wasn't the greatest Negro League player. Like he was, he was the greatest combination of great talent and someone who would be able to turn the other cheek. And unfortunately, uh, not unfortunately for him and for us, but unfortunately that was needed. That was necessary back then. You couldn't integrate with the greatest Negro League player or Negro League players because they weren't necessary. They didn't have it in them to turn the other cheek. Like they didn't. And I, and I don't fault them for that. I don't fault them for that at all. But it's, it's just amazing that the most famous of them all wasn't the greatest of them all. So just think about all the other talent that was there. And if only we could get some, a lot of footage, a lot more footage, that would be amazing. And to that end, uh, we'd love to have the, the, the curator, the historian that runs the Negro League Museum on, on our podcast. But I, I would say that if you care about baseball at all, take your kids, to the Negro League Museum and get some of that history. That would just be it's amazing. Absolutely um, amazing. The one, most one famous ball, probably the most, I know. the most famous guy is a guy that was named back then Bubba Carter. Bubba Carter. But because of IRS problems and child support, he changed his name to Tony Carter. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Don't follow the comeback. Rob finally woke up. I was holding it because I didn't want Mike was serious and I didn't want to step on his important point. So I had to hold that in. But, uh, <laughs> he even, he even so, gave me a nickname, Bubba. You're right, <laughs> Bubba. Bubba yo, I think that's going to stick, brother. Yeah. But, uh, uh, so I, I, got a, I got a little a story here. Um, when I was, I was coaching baseball, I was coaching a – a 13 to 15 year old team, all star team. And um, it, before the, the all star team happened, you know, uh, a former legal, legal league player named Sam Anderson out of Delaware, you know, taught me how to coach. Like, I've had great coaches in my life Richard Farmer, um, Bob Toomey, um, Richard Farmer, who, who I interact with every day, he was my, my football coach. But um, Sam Anderson was a great baseball mind. So he was into his 70s when he was helping me coach. And he was so fiery, right, that he he had little patience for these 13 to 15-year-old kids who, you know, were slow to listen to what he was trying to teach them to get them to become better players. Um, they ultimately became better players, but because of him but there was one all-star practice where you know somebody had did something and he's screaming and hollering at them yo his teeth fell out <laughs> his teeth fell out at home plate and the the, the player was just falling on the ground they, they it was so hilarious to them he picked his teeth back up all crunchy sand and everything and, wow. and, and kept it going with his uh criticism of these players. Sam Anderson, you know, rest in peace. You know, I took his daughter to the prom class. She's such a beautiful woman. Um, you know, it's it's I, I am so grateful for him. And I think that, that what I spoke about earlier about 
Buck O'Neill, it was kind of originated through him. Like I felt like I was connected to the Negro Leagues because of Sam Anderson. And so I had to set out, this is before I was even thinking about becoming a writer. Um, and I ended up coaching a, a 16, 18-year-old team when I was 19, you know, and I was getting a lot of criticism from, you know, the rest of the league because they thought that I was a, a player coach, but, you know, I really wasn't. But I took a lot of the Negro League uh, doings in terms of how they stole home all the time and implemented it into my team, and we was running roughshod over the competition, you know. But shout out to the New league, Negro Leagues. Yeah, that's dope. Um, shout out to Sam Anderson. Rest in peace. Um, I, Rodney, I think I'd be remiss if I didn't mention that you had a, a similar story on the basketball court when you were coaching your uh, your 80 and up team back back in the day. <laughs> you were a player coach and, and your teeth fell out uh, during your, your free throws. Um, <laughs> So, so here we have uh, Satchel Page and, and Josh Gibson years after they were battery mates. But just just the fact that this this was captured when it's Kansas City versus uh, Homestead Grays. Uh, wow. Just power. And I, I can only imagine how wonderful and beautiful it is at the Negro League Museum. And I can only imagine just having a mind. You know, at some point I'll stop doing this, but not anytime soon. I can only imagine having a mind like 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 Rods with the memory of just like everything that we will remember now, but then he goes back hundreds of years with all that all that he remembers, like all the sports that Rod experienced with no helmet and lived to tell about it. You know, wow. Just hey Rod, did the catchers used to wear no helmet? Too like the NHL and football and all that. Oh, okay. Well, oh, no. you got to call Gordy Howe to ask him. <laughs> no, I'm saying I know Gordy Howe played without a helmet. I'm saying did the catchers, like did Josh Gibson play without a helmet? Is what I'm asking you behind the plate. That's what I'm saying. So, um, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, just one again, one, one again, once again, want to thank all of our listenership, Anchor and Spotify. Thank you very much for, for coming to listen to us. Episode 19, uh, our YouTube viewership. Thank you so much for coming to uh, watch us. Uh, we had a guest who was coming on today. I won't tell you who he is because hopefully we'll get him on again. But he was backstage, Mike, and, and he, he dropped off at 309. So I think yeah, that uh, he really had something to do today. That's the reason why we was trying to get him on at, yeah, uh, yeah. at, at, at three o'clock. Right at three. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, hopefully we get him again. But uh just wanted you to know I saw him. I was and right when I was about to hit it, he 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 dropped off. So we'll get him. But uh so I've I've been seeing one of our former guests, Jamel Hill, battle with <laughs> the correct confederate flag flag waivers uh battling on twitter about uh the, the the fact that they feel like bubba wallace i'll take bubba i'll take that right they feel like bubba wallace and his team planted that noose or exacerbated a situation and you know she keeps telling them he's not the one that found it like he didn't even know about it until he was told about it later so he didn't exacerbate this situation but people are so ignorant they go from defending the noose in the first place to 
oh, well, it, it wasn't even meant for Bubba. Da, 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 da. Why is there a noose there at all? Like, when is a noose an accident or a joke? Even if it's not meant for him, it's, it's a horrible symbol in our culture. Like, what are what, what's the history of the noose? What are nooses used for? Listen, um, I, I, I say it to Jamel all the time. You know, her and I text back and forth, and I say to her, you know, I don't know how you do it because I, I would not even engage these people. But I know she's doing it, you know, for a platform and understand. This is what we got to understand as black people right now. The, dispro the disproving of racism will always exist. We're going to have these C and D students step up right now and kind of uh, portray like they're not racist, but we know that they are. What we need to do is just cut these people off. Just don't don't even engage them. You know what I mean? Don't even give them the fire that they need to get their point across. Because even though they are totally wrong, they got Jamel to respond. You know. And getting her to respond is, is an issue for me. You know, and me, me and her go back and forth over this all, all the time. It's like, don't even respond to these people. Like, what, 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 what purpose or what's it going to serve from responding to these people? Like, what, what's, what point are you trying to get across? I think that us responding to these people is going to keep the conversation on a low level as opposed to where we should be speaking. We should be speaking about our prominence unapologetically so and letting the chips fall where they may. Until we eliminate the conversation with these people, we're going to be stuck on that low-level conversation. And, and that's where we're at right now. And collectively, this is something that we need to do to get to a point where we're actually talking about the issues instead of just talking about why it isn't so. Because you're always going to have somebody say, why it isn't so based on their demographic, no matter who it is. I'm not, I'm not just speaking about white folks. That's just how it is. Nobody wants us to speak prominently about ourselves. The reason why I was talking about the whole Cam Newton thing and how he's kind of this undervalued because no one is speaking about him as if he's great. You're seeing on the outlets today, because there's no other sports, how they're talking about the potential of Cam Newton. This wasn't how it was. It, it wasn't how, this is something that's altogether changed. And, and I'm wondering why, <laughs> you know, because this is something how we should have talked about this guy. Like say Andrew Luck comes comes back. It, it, what did the, the, the ifs really persist? Will they talk about his seven interceptions and two games in the playoffs? I don't think so, you know? So uh, until we speak about ourselves, in a higher value, no one else is going to. And when I say speak about ourselves in a higher value, like speak about ourselves in a higher value and keep it there. If somebody wants to respond, then do it on their own time. Simple as that. Yeah. Don't funny. address the, Don't even address them. Like it's, it, it's, 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 I think it's very unproductive for us to even address them because it's giving them credence for their points. Like, their point's always going to be made. It's always going to be underlying superficialities, whatever you want to call it. You know, but us speaking about the fact that a cop put his knee on someone's neck and he died, that is singularly the issue. And what we're trying to do 
is is tell people, look, I don't care what you think. We know that we are dying. We're seeing every day in our lives. And, and regardless of your celebrity status or not, they're using their platforms to speak out about it. We just need to not address the demons of them. If they want to be allies, and they want to talk about a, a conversation in a civil fashion to get to a point of agreement, cool. But the, the lower rung of people who are always going to speak on a lower rung, why are they being addressed? Like, why are they even being spoken to? That is the question for me. And I need to tell this to every one of us out there who are alive. Don't even address them. Like, your blood pressure is going to be raised. You're going to get into a conversation that you really don't want to get into because you're going to be belaboring points and belaboring further points. And they're going to come with the statistics that don't really matter except for actually dealing with the humanity and the mortality of us that is disproportionately way different than anyone else except for Native Americans. That, that's just the way it is. And to, Stick to the point, stick to the script, or keep it moving. Yeah, it's funny you brought up Andrew Luck, man, because when he retired, they, I was kind of scratching my head. I remember I was listening to it in the car on my way home on XM. And they were talking to, talking to him like he was talking about him like he was an all-time great. And I'm like, wait a minute. Did I miss something? I know they had high hopes for him. And, you know, they they put a lot of, put a lot of hype on him. But he was okay. And he was injured most of his career. You know, so it kind of, it, it, I get what you're saying because Cam was somebody who actually put the numbers up and who actually succeeded. And yet he doesn't get the same shine. Um, With the rushing ability that, that, that kind of, uh, um, augments the passing ability coming to the league throwing for 400 yards twice twice in a row first two games throwing for 4,000 yards it wasn't a record that Andrew Luck did break you know as he came in as a rookie but just just comparative to the stats what the reason why I'm, I'm so hateful hateful straight up hateful of the criticism can do because there isn't the speak about the rushing yards and the rushing touchdowns. 58 rushing touchdowns. The record was 44. This is the one in a league with, with Michael Vick and, and Randall Cunningham and all kinds of other names that we can say. You know, it, it, it's just a ridiculous thing. So, it, it, and this includes Stephen A and all the rest of those people out there who are analyzing uh, the Cam's career. I want you to speak objectively about the guy. I don't want you to start with the low talk. The low talk means that when he does succeed, it's going to be shocking all. I need the expectations to be raised just as if you're talking about a bad man in Aaron Rodgers who has won one Super Bowl, right? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But he's spoken about as the being the, the greatest Ever, I do think that Aaron Rodgers, uh, Aaron Rodgers, is the way that you use 
a, a running quarterback because when he was in high school, his coach was black and he ran the ball. So that running ability was there. Now he's at advanced age. He's a gifted, he has a gifted arm with precision. He puts the ball exactly where it is. I'm not as down on Aaron Rodgers as many people are, but in terms of the exaltation, the deification of him, and, and Drew Brees as well, you know, I have to go after that and push it back a little bit because you're not talking about another guy who has done everything that they have done with the exception of winning a Super Bowl with a lesser talented team offensively. And if you want to go so far as to say a lesser talented coach leading the way. So, so for me, I just, I want to, I think it's, it's important to mention two things. So you, you guys have mentioned Aaron Rodgers and, who did you mention before, Rod? Who did you mention before Aaron Rodgers? Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck. Okay. So here's the really, really interesting thing for me, Rod. I was right where you were. I was right where you. At. In fact, I was literally when I found out about Andrew Luck. I was at. I was on the sideline at the Rams game, but, and so I found out about the retirement. But then, I continued to wonder if I missed something. Did I miss something? Right. And. It's like, no, I didn't miss anything. What it was, was he succeeded the, le- he supplanted the legend. He supplanted Peyton Manning. And they took his injuries, <laughs> ultimately his injuries over Peyton Manning's injuries. And so when you are the one to supplant a legend and you don't bomb immediately, then you are considered to be the truth, the second coming, the whatever phrase you want to use. And we go back to Rod's favorite term, and he usually talks about it in basketball, but Rod's favorite term is upside. And boy, is it amazing that we're talking about Andrew Luck's, like, well, we're just talking about Andrew Luck, but it's all about his his upside, which was never realize but other people don't get that benefit like we're not we don't get to talk about Jacoby Brissett's upside like he's you know out of there like it's it's just it's it's it's, so it's it's unsettling now moving forward to Aaron Rodgers and I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a second then I'm gonna turn it over to Trey moving over to Aaron Rodgers when you talk about not just so we're not talking about upside we're talking about for me, did I miss something? Because I had a conversation with someone who, who worked for me uh, late last year when he somebody mentioned something about it. Might have, it might have been like on ESPN or something, but somebody mentioned that Aaron Rodgers was the greatest of all time. And so I started talking to him, like asking him like where, where that came from. And he asked me if I was blind. And I was like, what do you mean? And I had no idea that this guy from L.A., felt that Aaron Rodgers was the greatest quarterback of all time, but I needed him to prove it to me. Like, what? please tell me. And he was like, I don't need to prove it to you. Like everything that he's done speaks for itself. So I felt like I missed something with Aaron Rodgers and he never did prove it to me. But the other thing that I think is important when you talk about Aaron Rodgers having one ring and Drew Brees having Drew Brees having one ring. Well, we know that these arguments are not reserved simply for the people who have the rings. Well, because if we look at 
not so much Jim Kelly as Dan Marino, but definitely Dan Marino. Dan Marino didn't win a ring. Jim Kelly didn't win a ring. They both went to Super Bowls. Neither of them won a ring, but they never stopped talking about, first of all, that class, which is it is a great quarterback class. But they never stopped talking about probably until the last 15 years about, you know, how great Dan Marino was. And I think and, – and that's not to say that he wasn't, but there was talk of him being the greatest of all time, like right when he left, even though there was no ring at all. So – I don't think that anybody's going to hold anything against Rodgers or Breeze for them only having one, Mike, when there are others that haven't had one at all that, you know, they still talk about or hold in and are held in high regard shortly after their careers were over. And Peyton Manning and Marino were rarely criticized for their transgressions in college. Um, that 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 also something. So, you know, me being Philly, obviously, knows um, this whole thing. This is the reason why Donovan McNabb should be in the first Hall of Famer because of what he did. You know, the playoff record, you know, the five NFC championship games in eight years, you know, the Super Bowl, the three points losing to uh, the Patriots, aforementioned Patriots. But that's that's the biggest issue for me. But again, the, the criticism was he throws the ball on the ground. I've talked about this so many times on this show. You know, um, it, it's it's really a shame that we aren't looked at on the same level. Like, why why should Philip Rivers be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he will be, over Donovan McNabb, despite having two 100 touchdown performers on his team while he was playing. You know, there wasn't the team success. I see, I, I really feel that we are more criticized for our failings as a, a leader um, in this league, you know, and it's just not spoken about it as, as it should be. It, it really isn't. And, I, I, and I, I need black folks to step up. I, so I don't feel like there are two, two better people than you two to talk me through this. So so talk me through it. One of you give me why he is definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer. And then the other one, well I don't I don't want you guys to be on opposite sides, but talk to me about how how he is and how Donovan isn't. Like I, I don't get the I definitely don't get the Philip Rivers argument because like what please just just what am I missing? Well, Rivers has put up an astronomical number of yards. You know, they are paper yards because there wasn't team success after the Danian retired, right? You know, I, I do think that that team was a great team and just couldn't get over the hump, but they did not get over the hump. I see Aaron Rodgers, Aaron, uh, Philip Rivers' career as being similar to Donovan's in terms of success for a short period of time, but they just didn't get over the hump. But I think that that Rivers is given too much credit despite the fire and the criticism he has for his teammates. And he exhibits it, exhibits, exhibits it often on the sideline, in the huddle, and different things. He isn't called a brat. He's a brat. I don't see nothing I different him, outside of that. 
get into it with a quarterback who came to his sideline. And that's when I knew I would never like him as a player. And I thought he was the biggest brat in, in NFL history. I don't understand. So, uh, you don't I'm, even I'm, play against the quarterback. Yeah, I'm, I'm asking white writers to step up. This, but like, if you see a transgression from someone who looks like you, speak it out in the open. Like, how is it harming you from speaking the truth about someone just because they make they look like you? If you're willing to do so for a quarterback that is a is of another color, do it for yourself. I'm I'm telling you to step up. Like, please step up. Like, you're not going to be credible throughout your career. There will always be this criticism criticism of you if you don't step it up and write it right. Because you're, gonna, you're really going to eliminate uh, a whole era of people if you are that prominent uh, of a, a writer celebrity of really knowing the truth about a guy. Because they're going to do what... AC, what, what your friends said. Are you blind? Like when you criticize Philip Rivers, people say, are you blind? Like, what you mean? And then they all of a sudden they come out with the, the, the East Coast bias thing. You know, like that's the reason why, uh, or he plays in San Diego. It's, you know, way out there. So nobody is really following. Or, we don't care about Philip Rivers. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. This is comical to me, man. And I, I would hope that we just get to a point where, you know, we can speak into existence the truth about athletes. Like, why are they being coddled? You know, uh, Andrew Luck was called the greatest prospect ever since Elway, right? And, and this is at a time where um, two people stole Heisman's from him, and they did it with true, deserved fashion. RG3 and Cam Newton. He didn't, he wasn't criticized for not coming out the year Cam was drafted number one to Carolina. Like, why didn't you come out that year? Maybe that would have changed your career. You know, I don't understand why he didn't come out. He didn't come out because he knew that he would have to face a competition for the number one spot for Cam Newton. Understand the money, I get it, and everything. And I'm not, I'm not really down on Andrew like that. I, I, I thought he was a great player. You know, I, I, I thought that he was, he, he's, he's a role model for kids uh, to look up because he's so much of a great guy, great locker room guy. You know, um, and he did it on the field when he was healthy. And I thought that he would have had a Hall of Fame career had he been able to finish his career, if not for for injury. But I'm not going to exalt the guy and put him in the stratosphere and say that he was ever better than his peers, specifically Cam Newton. Agreed. All right. Fair enough. Anything Anything else pressing? Uh, we, we've covered my agenda, which was Cam Newton – Belichick, Brady, Negro League Baseball. You guys have anything else? Just so happy that finally that Confederate flag is leaving Mississippi. Finally. That, yeah. that, that's like, uh, I'm so sick of these images, you know, and, and even with the fact that they said that 
you know, there wouldn't be any championships played in, in, in places where they threw the Confederate flag. I don't think I don't think these people really care, quite honestly. Of course if, they didn't. They just they just figure, hey, if we're not gonna get the championship, it'll just be at a different school or a different state, but we'll be able to see it. Our teams can still compete in it. So it's not a big deal. Just won't be here. And sad. You know, sad. I'm just, I'm just glad. Go ahead, Sorry, man. Go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. I'm just glad that we're in a climate where athletes are feeling, you know, confident and poking their chest out and speaking their prominence. Say it with the chest. You know, what yeah. I'm saying like a couple, a couple years ago, athletes were scared because of of the effect that it would have on their brand. Yes. You know, and and maybe that was because of who they, the demographic that was surrounding them. In terms of the, the agents and the, the managers, the handlers, the publicists, and, and what have you, you know, uh, I'm glad that guys are speaking out and saying, I'm not going to play if this right. continues. That's what something yeah. that should have been spoken a long time ago. Like yeah. I was I was very critical of the NBA for I don't I thought that they should have immediately came out and says, yo, if, if this dude out here is going to say all this racist stuff on tape or not, we're not playing. He is an owner in our league. So why are we even considering playing while he is still an owner? Now, you have a couple of guys, Chris Paul and LeBron, say later on that that was a possibility to be on the table. You know I mean, but it, it, it's something that has immediately to be spoken. Like, there they, they shouldn't be, like, any hesitation at all because now we're in a climate where these things are coming to fruition and these athletes are speaking unapologetically about what they will do if this or that doesn't happen. I'm, I'm very glad that we finally, you know, like summoned our strength of the ancestors of what you want to say, you know, to be able to, 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 to say something, whether it be popular or not, like who, like really, who, who was the boogeyman that these people aren't or are afraid of? Like who, who was being made, uncomfortable it's not the black man it's not a puerto rican it's not an asian it's not a native american who is it it's white folk so it's, it's ridiculous it's ridiculous that we have to live our lives and not like be out outwardly who we are like speaking code when we're around them or anything of the such just to make them comfortable if i was if i was white i would say to myself i wouldn't feel comfortable with you being lesser of yourself in my presence to make me feel better. I'm not going to feel better because that's going to lesser uh, who I am as a man. Like, I, I, I want nobody who that's going to kiss my ass. What's, what's that going to do? If you got people around, just around you, it's a bunch of yes men. You know what I mean? What's going to challenge you from within and outwardly, you know, mentally, physically or whatever, it's someone who is confident in their conviction of whatever it is they are as a person. Until white folks understand that and say to themselves, we can also be prominent through that challenge, they're going to be the one that's going to be criticized until things start to change. And all of these monuments, flags, murals, dedications, names of schools, et cetera, et cetera, are going to come down. 
Yeah, man, real quick. I don't know if um, I haven't heard any feedback from it, but um, did you guys hear about the Kansas State student that uh, <clears throat> was like mocking what happened to George Floyd, said that, well, I know at least for the last month he hasn't done any drugs or something like that. And the Kansas State, uh, a lot of the athletes said until something happens with that guy for that tweet that you know they weren't going to play and so forth and so on have you guys heard about that or yeah definitely but again man that's that's, that's a low hanging fruit that i was alluding to earlier right I mean, so what let them say what they want to say just pay it no mind if there is uh an atmosphere that you feel uh, uncomfortable in because of racism that should be the issue not just one dude speaking out of turn that's that's basically a piece of dust in the sand on a football field Right. I mean, because that's what he that's what that person is right. you know if we, we want to talk about the full scale of everything that's happening right now I, I, what I, I truly want us to do is to stop the shock like stop the shock when these things come out stop the shock we should the, the expectations should be objective we, we have to be objective about the expectations of people you know like i was speaking about earlier about the the, the, the low expectations of Cam Newton coming back and the, the ifs and the buts and all that kind of stuff. Why don't we look at people like that? Like, why? I don't I don't understand. So until we actually lower expectations of people, so, you know, they challenge themselves to be better, this all stuff is going to continue to happen. Like, I, I don't give a damn about a, one Kansas State student. Like, <laughs> to me, that, that shouldn't have been news. You know, it was news. No, I read the headline and I, I, just, I just kept it moving because it's we're shocked and we're also playing a victim. You know, the, the victimization of ourselves from within has to stop immediately. Like if if we were seen as African kings, you know, why don't we see ourselves as that on American soil? Like, why aren't we seeing ourselves in full prominence? as if we're decorated soldiers, you know, decorated leaders, presidents, lawyers, doctors, whatever. You know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day uh, how when I, when I drive into the city of Philly, I'm seeing a bunch of 6'4 stocky dudes. Like it used to be like a bunch of 6'5 basketball looking guys in the hood, right? You're seeing 6'4 stocky dudes that in the mode of Cam Newton walking through the hood now you know there's so many of them it's it's it's, it's almost shocking to see and six four and taller i'm just saying six four to be conservative but you know where will they go what will they do with who they are like are they spoken about in a in a positive way where they're exacting themselves onto their communities whether it's through athletics or uh or academics or whatever like we we, we got to look at ourselves in a total scope and and really open up who we are and what we potentially can do but we're only going to do that if we shy away and totally smack and dismiss those lower level criticisms of us because they're really like the jackal they're, they're the jackal like a, the jackal isn't looked at as a a positive animal in in the animal kingdom, right? You know what I mean? We know what the jackal represents. So 
they're the jackal. Like they're not the lion who you're looking across face to face. If it's, if the face to face wants to combat you in a credible way, I'm all for it. All of the little lower criticism, the conversations, the 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 comebacks, uh, the the little Facebook comments, just let them be. <laughs> like just just let them be. They're gonna be who they are. You're not gonna change their mind, and that's the reason why they're saying what they're saying because they know that that distraction is gonna get you off tune, and to get you on their level. Trolls, be damned. Yeah, good point. Thank you again for listening, and please visit reconcreditrepair.com, where we are changing lives one credit score at a time. Visit if you'd like to get your less than stellar credit back to good credit, or if you'd like to get your very good credit to excellent credit. Either way, we can help. We can even train you to fix your own credit at reconcreditrepair.com. Dot com. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you for <laughs> Anchor and Spotify listenership. Thank you once again, YouTube viewership. Uh, a lot of times, especially Rodney and Michael Saucier and Tillery, respectively, go into the closeout before we go to the closeout and then try to get a second shot at the closeout. <laughs> That's not fair to Trey. So thank you, Rod and Mike, for your closeouts. Uh, <laughs> Trey, uh, you have a closeout because we're in the closeout, clearly. Oh, man, I just want to, you know, first tell everybody, hey, this COVID-19 thing is real. Wear your mask. Um, the news is real. The things they're saying on the news is real. The places that they're closing are real. So please, you know, wear your mask, be smart. If you don't care about yourself, care about others, care about someone. Because uh, your neighbor doesn't need to be hurt in any type of way or put in any type of situation because of your negligence. So, um, you know, if you don't respect yourself, respect the one. Next, uh, you know, I'm trying to end this on a happy note. Um, hope you brothers doing well, and uh, everybody out there. I'd like to thank our listeners and our people that watch us. You know, week in and week out, and tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about us. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Everybody be good and have a good week, and we'll be right here next week reporting to you again. Absolutely. All right, so for me, I, I echo Trey's sentiments. Please, please wear a mask. I mean, I already talked about it earlier. It's not a hoax. It is legit. It is it is real. Uh, you can say that certain aspects of it are not, but people are really dying. People really have it. And we don't know what happens when people get over it. People of all ages have now died. Uh, well, maybe not all ages. That You know, God bless Rodney. No one, Rodney's the only one that's, 300 plus and he's still here. So outside of that, uh, from from every age group is gone. So just please take it seriously. And even if it's the hoax, hey, what do you lose by participating in the hoax? I'm sure you've participated in an April Fool's Day joke or two in the past. So just chalk it up to that. Wear your mask for kicks. Just be 
a moron like everybody else. If that's what you think we all are, that, that wear masks, just just join in with the rest of the world. Join in with the other 99% of the world, please, and wear a mask, please, in spite of what 45 tells you, please. Um, that being said, I want to give a shout out to my fiance who just sold her first wig uh, this weekend. She's got a, a, a wig making business. And so you guys can catch her on Instagram at the Brie brand. That's how it's spelled. T-H-E-B-R-I-I-B-R-A-N-D. And I know we have a lot of women listeners. So if you need a wig, check her out. You want to buy some hair, check her out. The Brie brand. That's my fiance. Shout out, shout out. Yeah. And then, hey, man, we, we uh, women are not the only ones wearing wigs nowadays. <laughs> That's James you're, Brown. You're, you're right. You got to market it to everybody. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, if you need your wig. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Um, and then, of course, uh, here you go. My business outside of this podcast is uh, is Recon Credit Repair, R-E-C-O-N Credit Repair. Check my site out if you either need to return to favorable credit or you have a great credit score and want to figure out how to raise it. We're at reconcreditrepair.com. Hey, YouTube viewers, thank you once again. Spotify and Anchor listeners, thank you once again. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. Every episode is monumental, and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and or watch us. And I'll just say that the next episode is 20, so that'll be a milestone for us. And we appreciate you. So stay tuned. Thank you very much. We love y'all. We out. We.